This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Well, this evening we want to continue to measure the pilgrim's progress. And as we continue to do that, we're really measuring our own progress. We are strangers and what here? We're pilgrims. We're pilgrims. And very soon we will be home. Uh, but as we study uh, the life of pilgrim, uh, John uh, Bunyan's fictitious character, uh, who in many ways really is just Bunyan writing about himself, as we study his character, Pilgrim becoming Christian, there are so many truths that are applicable uh, to our lives. Uh, if there's anyone listening tonight, live stream or here in the auditorium, you don't know Christ as Savior, there's, there's just a whole lot in these early chapters of Pilgrim's Progress that God can use to draw you if you will enter that narrow gate and go to the cross. Uh, the Lord waits to save you. Uh, you can't unload the burden of sin, but Calvary can. The finished work of the Lord Jesus there. And so we find Pilgrim tonight through the narrow gate by the help of goodwill. We learned about that gentleman last time. Pilgrim continues on the narrow way until he came to the house of the one that, that in, uh, Goodwill had directed him to look for the house of another man named Interpreter, the one to whom he had been directed. There he knocked over and over until at last one came to the door and asked who was there. And so whether it's evangelist or goodwill or the interpreter that we're going to be introduced to tonight, all of these characters remind us that as the Lord is drawing men and women to himself, he is placed along their paths, you and me. And we just need to show goodwill, show the compassion and love of Christ and then direct them. If God is working in their hearts and we can share the gospel, plant gospel seed, we need to do that. But be an evangelist. Show goodwill. And there are going to be times that those uh, that you're around are going to seek an answer from you of the hope that lies within you. You're going to have to be able to accurately... Take stuff out of your Bible. Don't, don't, have yeah, okay. You're going to have to accurately be able to interpret what God has said. Rightly dividing what? The word of truth. And so Pilgrim knocks at the door. The door opens. The man inquired who Pilgrim was, why he was there. Sir, I am a traveler who was bid by an acquaintance of the good man of this house to call here for profit. I would therefore speak to the master of the house. The doorkeeper called for the home's owner, 
And after a little while came to Pilgrim and asked what he would have. Pilgrim responds, Sir, I am a man who has come from the city of destruction and am going to the Mount Zion. And I was told by the man that stands at the gate at the head of this way that if I called here, you would show me excellent things such as would be helpful to me on my journey. I'm reminded in Proverbs 6.23 how important the Word of God is for our direction. Right? Thy Word is a, say it with me, lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Proverbs 6.23 says this, For the commandment is a lamp. God's commands are a lamp. That Hebrew word is it's a candle. Have you ever seen the little clay uh, oil lamps that they have over there. And that, that would give enough light out of that candle to show you your next step. And if you took the next step, it'd show you the next step. That, that's God's word. The, the writer in Proverbs goes on, And the law is light. The reproofs of instruction are the way of life. The way of life. Interpreter then said, Well, come in, and I will show thee what is profitable to thee. Then he commanded his man to light the candle. And he bid Pilgrim follow him. He led him into a private room and told his servant to open a small door. When he had done this, Pilgrim saw the painting of a very serious man hanging on the wall across from him. The figure he beheld had eyes lifted to heaven, the best of books in his hand, the law of truth was written upon his lips, and the world was at his back. You see some important imagery there? The world was at his back, he stood as if he pleaded with men, and a crown of gold was standing over his head. Now that right there is enough to be a message for the rest of our evening. But think through this with me. His eyes lifted to heaven. Why? Because if we're going to run a faithful race, Hebrews 12 tells us, looking unto Jesus looking unto Jesus. The best of books was in his hand. The law of truth was written upon his lips. When you speak, is it God's truth? That's what people need to hear. Uh, my opinions don't matter unless they're supporting what God has said and what people need to hear. The world was behind his back. In other words, he wasn't distracted and he stood as if he pleaded with men. Remember, they're on a broad way that leads where? We need to be pleading with people. Had breakfast this morning with a brother who's, who's sitting in here uh, tonight. We had the opportunity to talk to our waitress. Now, she claimed to know Christ and said some things that, that led us to believe that she did, but I gave her a track and I wanted her 
I wanted her to really seriously think about where she was headed. Why? We need to plead with men. Eternity is coming. And by the way, a crown of gold was standing over his head. There is coming reward. There is coming reward. Then Pilgrim said, what does this mean? Interpreter responded, the man whose picture is this is one of a thousand. He can beget children, travail in birth with children, and nurse them himself when they are born. Now, what is that imagery? Would you turn in your Bibles tonight to 1 Corinthians chapter 4? I've been able to preach through, as God has led, the book of 1 Corinthians two times. It's interesting how many of the commentators will go to this chapter, some verses that we're going to read in a moment, and how many of them will reflect back on Pilgrim's progress and make this connection. Do you know that when Bunyan used that word, Okay, that this or this description, this man is one of a thousand. He was referencing the passage we'll look at in 1 Corinthians 4. Look at verse 15. For though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, ye have not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore, I beseech you, be followers of me. And of course, Paul is referring here to follow me as I follow Christ. But Paul, in his, in his ministry, his missionary journeys, he was one in a thousand. There are a lot of people that want to influence other people. They have opinions. They want to be influencers. But there's only one in about a thousand who are going to stand with their eyes towards Jesus, with the word of God in their hands, and are going to warn people in the way. And so he went on describing this man. Uh, like Paul, uh, can beget children, travail in birth with children, nurse them. And whereas you see him with eyes lifted up to heaven, the best of books in his hand, and the law of truth written on his lips, it is to show thee that his work is to know and unfold dark things to sinners. Let's stop. Dark things? Yes. Dark things, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. That's dark. Eternal damnation separated from God. That's dark. So he's there to show you dark things and to plead with men. You also see the world as cast behind him and that a crown hangs upon his head. This is to show thee that slightings and despisings, the things that are present, the things of this world, for the love that he has to his master's service will surely get him his reward. Now, said interpreter, I have showed thee this picture. First, 
Because the man whose picture this is, is the only man whom the Lord of the place where you are going has authorized to be your guide in all difficult places you may meet within the way. Wherefore, take good heed to what I have showed you, and keep it in mind, lest in your journey you meet with some who will pretend to lead you right, but their way goes down to death. Interpreter gives sound advice. Now let's step back from the, the account for just a moment and realize that Bunyan is really sharing a very personal testimony here. Where was John Bunyan when he wrote this work? Somebody tell me. All right. He was in jail. Why was he in jail? Because he had been the man looking to Jesus, holding up the book of books, warning people in the way. Because he refused to get a license to preach, he was cast in, in, and put in, into jail. Bunyan was aware that in his own day there were self-appointed vicars, false shepherds, who had a form of religion without substance, who cared only for their station and for personal comfort while many perished at their feet. The man in the picture on the wall represents the prerequisites and the attitudes of any man who would shepherd the souls of men. We have several pastors here. Uh, pastors that are uh, getting ready to go out and begin uh, the next phase of, of their ministry. But what a model this man is who's, who's in the picture. This is who we are called to be. Humble, serious, temperate, facing away from the world. We should never do anything in our lives that would call into question our purity. That we love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. That we understand that, that the world is, is a threat to the spiritual lives of people. And this individual stands as one among thousands. That's who the man of God should be. And, and those of you that are men of God, called into the ministry, you need to recommit yourself to be this man in this picture and to be a picture of Christ every day. Then he took Pilgrim. Interpreter took Pilgrim by the hand and led him into a very large parlor in his house that was full of dust because it was never swept. I just got the attention of all the ladies in here. After Interpreter looked upon the room, he commanded a man to come and sweep. This caused dust to abundantly fly about so that Pilgrim was almost choked therewith. Then said interpreter to a damsel who stood by, bring hither water and sprinkle the room. Now as Bunyan wrote this for his children, they would all understand this. 
I mean, we know on a larger scale to keep the dust down outside highway projects or where they spread water over it. But back in Bunyan's day, they would use the same method, just, just uh, a gentle mist of water to settle the dust so that they could, they could wipe it and clean it. And so that's what Interpreter instructs this woman to do. When this was done, it was swept and cleaned with care. Then said Pilgrim, well, what does this mean? The interpreter answered, this parlor is the heart of a man who has never sanctified, was never sanctified by the sweet grace of the gospel. Now stay with me here. The dust is his sin and inward corruptions that defile, choke, as the imagery is here, the whole man. He who began to sweep at first is the law. But she that brought water and did sprinkle it is the gospel. You saw that as soon as the first began to sweep, the dust so filled the air that the room could not be cleansed, and you were almost choked by it. This is to show you that the law, instead of cleansing the heart from sin, discovers and revives sin in the soul, but it cannot subdue it. Question, can the law take away your sin? Can it do anything to cleanse you? All it can do is reveal, true of you, true of me, that there's sin and that we need to turn to Christ for cleansing. Grace, the gospel. Now why is this so significant? Well, have you ever considered that some of the most tumultuous scenes in the New Testament are the result of the law stirring up the sin, the dust, all right, of conviction in men's hearts. Have you ever stopped to consider that? So Jesus is in Nazareth. He's in the synagogue there. He reads from Isaiah, and he closes the scroll. And everybody's quiet, and they're listening. But what Jesus does is he he ends his reading there, and I believe it's Isaiah 62, but he ends the reading saying that I am come, he's the fulfillment of that prophecy, I am come uh, in order to bind up the wounded and, and to help the blind to see. And he gets to that point, if he would have kept reading, he would have read about the great and terrible day of the Lord. Jesus was there at his first coming, so he ends right there. Someday he's going to fulfill the rest of that when he comes back the second time. But then as everyone is watching them, he will, he'll say to them, you will say, prophet, heal thyself. All right? You were raised in this town. We've heard about your miracles. We've got needs here. We want to see your miracles. And then he'll give three illustrations. And one of those illustrations is, by way of example, is there were widows all over Israel during Ahab and Elijah's time. But God didn't send Elijah to any of those widows. He sent Elijah to a, a widow in Zarephath. Why? Because she was going to believe God. None of these other widows would. And when the Lord gets done, preaching to them out of that text, all right, exposing their sin. Does anybody remember what the Jews living in Nazareth, what they tried to do to him? 
they take him outside of town and they're going to throw him off a cliff. And he passes miraculously through the midst of them and just walks away. But there's an example of truth, the law, stirring up sin. Exposing sin. And it was tumultuous. What about when Jesus was in front of the Sanhedrin? They've arrested him. He's going to be crucified in just hours. And the Lord says some things that, again, bring conviction to their heart. They go raving mad. How about Stephen when he's preaching to some of those same characters? And you can read his message in the book of Acts and what happens when he preaches. They stop their ears. They drag him out of town. They stone him. That's what truth does. Now, the conviction that does, as it chokes you, it can either make you right or it can make you mad. Conviction is funny that way. But that's what happens in hearts. So, if I could just bring it to the present. We live in a society that thinks it's woke. It's waking up to sensitivity and, 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 and you, you know all of that. Uh, and, and when you really look at it in light of God's word, it's, it's a bunch of spiritually blind foolishness. But you try to bring, and graciously, you just bring, thus saith the Lord, into any of those contexts and you watch what happens. The dust is going to be stirred up. Something, maybe literal dust is going to be stirred up. And people are going to start choking on the truth. And that's why you don't just stop there. Don't just criticize society. Take the grace of the gospel. Let that gospel work do its work. And, and, and if they'll be cleansed, if they'll come to Christ, everything changes. And I love the fact that Saul of Tarsus was watching Stephen be stoned. And then when grace came in, Saul became Paul, and what a wonderful servant of the Lord. And so the damsel you saw, this is again interpreter speaking to Pilgrim, sprinkled the room with water so that it was easily cleaned and to show you that when God, the gospel comes in and influences the heart, sin is vanquished and the soul is made clean by faith and consequently the heart is fit for the king of glory to inhabit. Holy Spirit moves in. So let's conclude. Only those who by grace are saved through faith can know a heart cleansed of sin and indwelt by the King of Glory. If you've been saved, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses you, has cleansed me from all unrighteousness. As God looks at you tonight, He sees you as righteous as Jesus. Why? Because you are clothed with Jesus' righteousness. That's who you and I are. The law could not do that. Only grace, God graciously drawing us to himself, enabling us 
uh, and then us putting our faith in Christ. Again, our woke world chokes on sin when God's law is brought to bear on popular thinking and behavior. But God's grace can bring salvation, clean a heart, and settle that heart. So what did Paul say? I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is what? The power of God unto salvation for just a few who believe. Anyone who will believe. And this is the truth that God is continuing to use in Pilgrim's heart as he follows that. It, it just encourages him as fast as he can move with that pack of sin on his back to get to the cross. And God's going to put us in the pathway of those who need the same truth and encouragement that Pilgrim had. Do not hold back from sharing the truth. Let's stand together. Father, thank you for our time tonight. Thank you again for this allegory, but the many wonderful truths uh, that you uh, continue to show us. Thank you for the spiritual insights of John Bunyan. Uh, Lord, a man who was a crusty soldier, a man away from you, Lord, you saved him and you changed him. You made Pilgrim the Christian. And Lord, there are pilgrims journeying through this life who need to know you. Help us to be faithful. Lord, tomorrow evening we have an opportunity. Sunday school workers, Bible school workers, deacons, Lord, Christians, we need to be out. Even if we just take one visit, go to see one family, Lord, it can make an eternal difference. Help us not to depend on others to do what you've called us to do. Lord, we stand in the way of those headed to, to destruction. So help us to be faithful. Lord, bless this church family. And God, give everyone safety as they head home tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Toward the hope of our high calling, toward the promise we've Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened and God's Word has had an impact on your life as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.